what assertiveness is, of what judgment is. And to have that link said is super helpful in like understanding like, oh, this is what's happening in my relationships and how I can show up in a different vibration. And it really allows you for the time and space to be able to create those boundaries. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Curiously Wise. I'm Lauren Whitting, your host. And today I have this amazing woman. I know I say that every time. I have this amazing woman here that I have known for a little bit now. I've been interviewed by her twice. So this is my turn to turn the tables on her and ask her a bunch of great questions. Her name is Jessie Jackson, and she empowers individuals to realign with who they truly are by leveraging her master's in organizational psychology, which you're going to have to explain that one to me, her extensive experience as an executor and her years as a Reiki practitioner. Her teachings are based on a holistic approach that brings together a healthy mix of shamanic ceremonies alongside traditional psychology, allowing her to cater to each individual's needs while creating a safe space for transformation, healing, and creation of new pathways in the human experience. Learn more about her work at www.krista-luna.com, and I'll have that in the show notes for you. Welcome, Jassy. I'm excited. Thank you. I'm so excited to be yeah, here. Thank yeah, yeah. I love being a podcast host because I meet so many great people, but you I met because I got I reached out to be a guest on, on one of your podcasts, and then when I saw you had a second one, I'm like, I could be on that one too. <laughs> Oh, it's, I always feel like I make friends on these, you know, it's, it's great. So we were, I asked you as we were talking about you coming on, what you thought would, you would like to talk about today. And you mentioned that with the holidays coming up, boundaries might be a really good top. So I think I agree. I know I agree completely with you, but before we start, do you tell me what organizational psychology is? Yeah, absolutely. So I knew really early on that I wanted to help people in one way, shape or another. And I always had this curiosity around why do people make decisions? Why do we behave the way that we behave? And so naturally I took to psychology. I spent some time on suicide helplines, trauma units and things like that. And I quickly discovered that I didn't want to necessarily do the clinical side of psychology, which is what everybody always thinks about when, when you mm -hmm. think of psychologists, right? You a therapist or someone that helps people in dire trauma. And so as I would just, as I was discovering my path, I really thrived in the corporate environment. I knew people in the corporate environment. And what I mean by that is like I knew what it took to motivate people to like really rally up a team, how to build really strong teams. And I wanted to fortify that through my knowledge in psychology. And I found out just like in any other field, there are different concentrations in psychology and like art therapy and what have you. There's even a research side to psychology, right? And so for me, it was really industrial and organizational, which really is all around the human factors and the of what work psychology is. And so I made that my concentration and my focus in school. And it has really helped me in guiding people and, you know, through different career paths and guiding people from nine to fives to owning their business or, you know, really finding their calling. That's okay. So that's really interesting to me because one of the things that I'm fascinated by right now is those of you who are 
taking the entrepreneur part of this work that, you know, that I, I kind of fell into by accident, the, the, both sides of it, the entrepreneur and the healing is like, but, and melding that with this spiritual aspect of, of the work that you do, because you like me are a shamanic practitioner, which is my favorite modality, but you do a lot of well. So let's, let's bring those things together now through you and talk about boundaries. So that's one of those words that yeah. I use and I kind of, you know, intuitively know what that means, but not everybody does. So can you just define what you mean in this context by boundaries? Yeah. So boundaries is a lot of very different things. So like you, you know, years ago when it became a really popular wor- word in the media, and it just kind of sensationalized. I would agree like, yes, that's exactly what I need, but I didn't necessarily know or how to even get started. I would ask my therapist and I would just get this really bland type of definition. You know, boundaries is voicing what your needs are and just not really knowing what my needs were or even like how do i how do i voice what i need without a confrontation or some sort of a aggressive interaction right and so i really dove deep into this and looked for experts and looked for people that were kind of cultivating that space for people to be able to set boundaries and i learned a lot of what boundaries weren't and what boundaries is and you know just to put it really simply is getting to know yourself so well in knowing her in being centered and being grounded and knowing exactly who you are without the influences of others or the influences of what your upbringing was and being able to communicate what you need and taking the space to mm. care for yourself. Okay. That's good. That's, 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 how do I want to put this? That sounds like a good way to de- describe what I feel about boundaries. (laughs) Yes. When someone voiced it in that way to me, I was, it is, I'm caring for myself. I'm putting the attention back inward because a lot of the times when we think about boundaries, we're thinking about the other person, like, how are they going to react? How am I going to be able to smooth it over? How am I going to, you know, the people pleaser in us really comes out in like, trying to manipulate or trying to behave in a certain way as to not to cause any waves or ripples. But really when you turn that attention back inwards and you show up in your authenticity and you show up in kindness and compassion, because that was the other thing about boundaries. I thought that boundaries was about being rude or putting up a wall energetically or just standing my ground and being aggressive about it. And when I really dove into it and started experimenting around this and really looking, diving deep, it's about compassion for the self, compassion for others, showing up in kindness and being able to communicate it in a way that makes space for taking care of yourself. And when you do that, there's some alchemy, something that happens where we're talking soul to soul that the other person starts to react in a different way because you're showing up in a different way, in a more authentic way, instead of that people-pleasing, trying to kind of get around whatever aggressive interaction yeah. have happened. That, in okay, past. so I, I grew up as a people-pleaser. 
<laughs> and I'm still trying to get, you know, get, get a handle on most of that. I can recognize when I do it now. You know, so that's good, but it is hard people pleaser. And for me, I had two very, very volatile parents, especially during, you know, holidays and, you know, big, they were both from big families and my dad was an alcoholic. So he always drank too much. And, you know, so I learned very early on that if I wanted to protect myself, I needed to not vote in any way. Boundary. Mm. But it wasn't an inward boundary. It was a, I need to protect the chaos that's around here. Mm -hmm. And actually, I think I was pretty wise as a kid because there's a story about how I used to get really upset in these chaotic crowds that was was the holidays in our house and other times too. But I apparently at one point I said, and I couldn't have been very old because I said, I just need a little piece of quiet. <laughs> so not peace and of quiet. I still use that every now and then with my husband. I just need a little piece of quiet. <laughs> and I think that was me stating about from this so that I can, you know, recover from it. But so, yeah, so I think kids may be just looking back on myself really. And, and my kids too, were pretty good with when they needed, we're all introverts in this household, when they needed some alone time, be good about saying, I'm, I'm just going to go to my room for a while and we go, fine have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, the, the people pleasing thing for me around, particularly around holidays was always an issue. I don't have oh, something just fell off my wall. Hold on. Saw my Aurora Borealis thing that a friend of mine gave me. Huh. Wonder what it's, I know it's not pretty- we do what we can to protect ourselves. So yes, those things are absolutely correct. And when we're children that we have no control in our environment, we have no control of, or say really when we're growing up, especially in a volatile Mm -hmm. household. But as adults, we have this opportunity to really look inward and really start to define who we are and start to define what is the environment that we want to be in and then decide what the consequences are going to be when it comes to people going outside of our boundaries or overstepping mm-hmm. our boundaries, right? We can choose to voice them. That's absolutely the first thing to do. And then we can also choose to leave, um, have other choices, right? And so that's kind of what I teach these days in my boundaries course is Having all these choices and also being able to hold our center and be a disconnect from other people's energy, because that really is what it's about. And then also self-love, right? Knowing ourselves so deeply and then loving ourselves so big that we're not, we're not taking off centered when we get confronted with aggression or other situations that we're not expected that might make our that might blur our mm-hmm. boundaries. So how, okay. So let's get practical here. So how could someone create some boundaries? Say there is a bit of an aggressiveness that can happen at family gatherings. How, how could somebody do that? What, what do you recommend that they sort of practice beforehand? Yeah. So the first thing that I find, you know, especially when I, this thing would happen where I would go into autopilot and forget about everything I just learned. Like 
I would just go into autopilot. My brain would be like, what is the best thing to do right now to smooth this over? Right. And it was right there. And then Mm -hmm. to give in. And so when somebody is aggressive, that is kind of the worst thing that you can do is to give in because what you're teaching that person Mm -hmm. is that aggression works. Aggression works. So there, there are three things that we can do. We might be aggressive. We might back. We might be passive aggressive back, right? Kind of do the sarcasm or the Mm self-deprecation type of song and dance to kind of smooth it over and kind of make, make light of it. And then, or we can be assertive. First thing that I like to teach people is ask for just a second to gather yourself. When you, when you're faced with aggression or something that, you know, you're going to go into people pleasing mode, just ask, like, give me just a second Mm -hmm. to think, you know, like I just need a moment and, and going inward and having a conversation ourselves in like, what is happening right now? disconnecting, like mentally disconnecting our energy from that station and that person and asking what Mm -hmm. it is that we need. Mm -hmm. Right. And when we ask what it is that we need, we can then articulate it a little bit better. And so let's say somebody is just asking me a really invasive question aggressively. Like that's something that (laughs) happens in my family a lot. You know, they're just like, really nosy, really like in my business, because that's just how culturally we, and so I just take a minute and I just say, hold on, just let me listen for a second, or let me think for a second and how I want to answer this question. And you know, and if you notice, I'm like holding my heart. So I'm just um, regulating my nervous system also, because something happens in that moment where I'm like dysregulated, or I'm going into Mm -hmm. fight or flight mode. And I'm noticing that about myself. So I just put my hand on the heart to regulate myself and just think for a second. And it's like, what I need right now is a little bit of space, you know, or a little, you know, this isn't really for them to know. And it's like, then I'm able to answer, like, thank you so much for asking that question. You know, it's not something that I'm ready to to talk about right now. And, you know, when, when the time comes, I'll be able to to say a little bit more about it. If it's like my dad or something like that, that's maybe drunk and just like belligerent, you know, just Christmas, he was telling me how to behave or how to do something. And I just, for a second and was like, you know what? I'm 40 years old. Like, I don't need somebody telling me what to do. And, And I voiced it to him and I said, you know, dad, I'm about to be 40. And you know, I've gone through this world. I find myself a, a very successful person. I know how to make my own judgments and and who to hang around. And he was just kind of taken aback and was like, okay. I did not expect that response from him, but he was like, okay. And we moved on from that huh. conversation. So there's this alchemy that happens when you are being true to yourself and not trying to figure out what mm-hmm. that person needs. And when you're voicing your, your, your needs that allows the other person like time and space to kind of back yeah, it's, off. It sounds like you almost make a, a moment for both of you to take a breath, you know, and yeah. I've, I've found probably only in the last year or so with my husband, we'll have conversations and, and we, we do not argue. We sometimes get a little snippy with each other, but we've never had an argue. We've been married for 40 I don't know, 37 years, something. I don't, I can't even count anymore. Um, but I tend to react first 
because sometimes there's a tone or there's some, some, you know, something about the energy of how he asks and, and, or, you know, he puts a, he posits something and doesn't let me like, you know, finish talking. And I've, I've been really practicing looking inward going, you know, why am I reacting this? It's like, okay, why am I reacting? Take a breath. I'm feeling a little, you know, a little like my mother is coming after me. It's that, you know, there's an echo of something. And then I, I, I can do what you're just saying is, and I can go, you know, we don't really agree on this and that's okay. <laughs> you know? I'm going to go back to TV now. <laughs> you know, you can do, can, I can redirect myself is really what I'm doing away from that hyper reactive, that fight flight, or for me, often it's freeze that goes straight to emotion, you know, and take a breath and really think So a lot of the times it's like, do I even need to respond? I really don't. If I do, we could like get snippy with each other, but it, I don't care if he's right or I'm right. It doesn't matter. You know, it's that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. for me, that's a kind of boundary that I'm, I've been drawing. Didn't realize exactly that's what I was doing even, but just taking that, like you, like you were yeah. describing, taking that moment to go in and go, do I need to respond to this? If so, I want to respond to this. And how can I do it in such a way that I'm heard, but it doesn't escalate anything. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't hurt somebody's feelings. It doesn't step on somebody's toes. I can just say what I need to say in a calm and measured way, because I've taken that moment to go, wait a minute, I don't need to react like that. And mm-hmm. to me, that's been very empowering. And I'm. it's kind of fun because it's like I step out of myself and watch. You know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, you did that right. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. better. Yep, that's a better way to respond. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what I'm hearing there also is you've done, done so much inner work. You've done so much inner work and healed so many parts of yourself that your love, I like to call it the love tank. A, he, uh, a spiritual teacher of mine would call it that way. It's like, oh yeah, it's like you love yourself so much. You know who you are so much that whatever's happening outside of you just doesn't matter anymore. You're filled up with your own essence, with your own validation, with your own self-respect that it doesn't, you don't have to get other people to see you in that light because you already have that for yourself. And then the second thing that comes to mind is most people react in aggression or passive aggressiveness because they feel like there is a need that's not going to get met. So it's it's a reaction out of fear. It's a reaction of parts of themselves that hasn't been healed. And so what I like to teach people is how to be assertive, which you already are doing. And the way to do that is to go inward and figure out where that emotion is coming from and then voice your needs in a very journalistic way. As if you're reading the news, as if you're just reporting the news. Like this is this is what is happening. This is why this is, you know, th- this is what I need. And so when you do that, you do tend to get heard because it's not charged with emotion. Yeah. yeah. And I spend a lot of time defending myself or trying to be heard, particularly with my mother and not being heard. And, mm-hmm. you know, and because it, 
it was all about her. So that makes perfect sense to me that I have, I have done a lot of that work, that clearing of those old, you know, patterns and stories. And I'm 63. I'm still working on it. You know, It's like, it's never quite done that I, I really, it, yeah, it's interesting. Cause I'm very proud of myself for finally, you know, after a long life already getting to the point where I could go, wait a minute, I don't want to respond that way. Why am I responding? Why, why is that my inclination? Cause it's always a very defensive, like they're not, I'm not going to be heard. They're not going to hear my side of it. You know, that kind of thing, which is not true of people in my life, but it was a childhood pattern that I learned. And it's, it's really right. empowering when you get to that point where you go, do I even need to respond? If I do, I love that journalistic method that, that that's the perfect way to just let me just the facts. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how incredible that you were able to do that, even though you said it's been such a long life, like some oh, yeah. people never yeah. get there. I, I just heard about a story where there was this like 80 year old man still doing the same things he was doing in his twenties. It's, it's mind boggling, but some people don't, it's too hard to look inward. It's too hard to yeah. work on the shadow. Right. And so congratulations on, you know, doing this process all on your own and like figuring out, you know, how to be introspective and how to get to a place where you are setting boundaries yeah, in yeah. a very I can't say way. it's all on my own. I've had so many healers and teachers and guides and along the way. It's been, it's taken a village, <laughs> including one of my mom's sisters. She's been one of my, my, my earth angels. So yeah. So it's, uh, it's been a long, it's been a long journey, but it's, it feels good to be where I am to have figured out myself. It's I'm still figuring out parts of me, but yeah, it it's scary to do, especially in the beginning. But once you start taking those steps and you see the changes, it can be very empowering. So yeah, our work, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. It's so funny you say that because, you know, I'm teaching this 10 week boundaries class and you know, I had about 20 something people show up or sign up and only about half showed up. Some are, st are doing the recording, but it's really interesting to see like people say, yes, I need this, but yeah. aren't ready to do the work. And then when we get into the nitty gritty of like self-love and self-worth, more people drop off. So it's really interesting to see where people are at. And how willing they, how willingly they are to go deeper yeah. and deeper into healing those yeah. parts of themselves. Yeah, it is, it is. It is interesting. I'm sure I was one of those people who signed up for things and fell off somewhere in the middle because you do what you can, you do what you're ready for. And then sometimes you just got to go let that yep. process for a while. <laughs> oh Yeah. Yeah, me, me, myself included. I was just looking at the the other day of all the things I've signed up for. I'm like, oh, uh -huh. I didn't complete I like half of it. I know, these I'm bad about that. It's like, oh, I had that course. I haven't even started it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've actually put myself sort of on a moratorium for, for taking more things. I just finished up today or yesterday, I guess. Amazing program called Ready to Be Seen. That was, I, you know, I, I love this woman who runs it, but I've kind of gotten to the point. That's what I've got now. Play with it for a while. See where the chinks are. <laughs> you know, And then let the universe bring me whatever I'm next. So 
That's so funny. I just did the same exact thing. I just finished my shamanic Academy, September 26th. And I said, okay, no more signing up for anything. I need to integrate what I just learned and really sit with it and expand my knowledge, expand my integration with it. And so I'm taking a year off from signing yeah. up for Sometimes anything it's else. hard because you go, oh, that's cool. Or that would be really useful or helpful. But yeah, no, I think I've got to, I've got to really be diligent about not signing up for things. I love to learn. So I'm always like, Ooh, that sounds like a cool you know, thing to add to my toolkit. But no, I, I think I've hit saturation at this point. <laughs> so when you're working with somebody and you've got obviously this course about boundaries, which is we'll have to put some information when you're working with people, how do you bring the, I mean, we've talked about some practical things, but how do you bring the healing work into that? Because I'm that's one thing I'm always really interested in is how do I bring the healing work into other healing? Yeah, so we start off every session with an intention. And the intention that is read during this meditation ha- have this alchemy to it, have this powerful, because words are very powerful, And it allows us to make room in our body. It allows us to be ready to open up our hearts, open up our, the areas in our body that is ready to release some of the judgment, self-judgment, judgment judgment in others, what have you, and ready to, to bring in something new. It's 10 weeks. I can teach this in two weeks, but it's 10 weeks because it takes time and processes for us to make a true change within ourselves. And so what I'm I'm walking you through the entire 10 weeks is this alchemy within the course itself, the words that I use, the stories that I bring, the intentions that are read during the meditation allows for that inner healing and for you to intake, right? I, you know, I bring in guides, you know, I don't say it I don't verbalize it, but that is part of the intention is to bring everybody's guides in that are Mm -hmm. for their highest and best and to do this work. The other thing that I do is also I offer included in the package of, of coming into the program, you get one coaching session. And in that coaching session, it's used for whatever it is that you need. Some people have ha- have needed shamanic work to be done, soul retrievals. Others have, others have just needed to talk through it because there's something so powerful in, in talk therapy. Others really needed. I had one woman who is going through a divorce right now and she needed to prep for breaking the news to her family. And, you know, that was incredible for her because- the way that that she was able to prep for it and understand her boundaries and understand who she was, like the reaction was better than she had ever even imagined it could be. So it really is tailored to each person for that one coaching call. And then I also offer office hours. So you come and you do your home play because I also offer a little boundaries journal where it allows you to kind of review some of what we want. So has some really Mm. powerful journaling going in. So you're doing the shadow, you're asking questions, you're in with me and also have the opportunity to go deeper into that shadow work. Yeah. So that, that holistic approach. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's that's what I really like. (laughs) Yeah. I find I do that more and more now because I, I, 
mentor and do he- I do healing and mentoring sort of in the same session, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like you can't have one without the other. It just kind of depends on yeah. what the person mm-hmm. needs. I just had one the had a coaching session the other day. All she needed was to be heard. All she needed was to be supported and seen, mm-hmm. right? Which was so odd to me because I'm used to like then going to the healing part of it, but it's really on a on a case by case basis, and it's like seeing them for where they're at in their de- developmental um, process, and then meeting them there, mm-hmm. right? And so I, I, it's hard to see, be the you know, show up and just say like, we're just going to talk yeah. today, or we're yeah. just going to do the healing yeah. portion of this today. Yeah. It it's, kinda- it's, that's what I find with my clients is it's, they'll come in saying, this is what I need today, but we'll sit and we'll talk for a little bit and we'll figure out, oh, what you need is this today. Um, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Some of them are like, I just told you, can't we just, no, 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 sit down. Let's have a little chat. You know? <laughs> let's see what the real thing is. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. it's sort of the fun of, of doing <laughs> healing work. For, it's part of the fun for me is that it is, it's a little bit like a, a puzzle that you got, got to figure out which piece is not right in the right place or is missing or, you know, and where, where can we, where can we yeah. help put the pull together better? So get my puzzle brain. Mm. <laughs> um, all right. Just looking back at your bio here for a second. All right. I think. Is there anything else you want to share with us about balance or, or, or especially around, especially around the event of the year to set our boundaries? And I just want to talk through a little bit of why that is like, there have been so much expectations. It's right. We've heard what those expectations are in it. We've experienced it. And if we're in a tumultuous environment where we know where we're going to go to so-and-so's house and we know that there's going to be a fight or there's going to be something that happens, we don't necessarily want to open ourselves up to that. So we're prepping with prejudgments. We're prepping with, you know, how am I going to please, whether you're, you're actually processing this in this way or not, we're actually inward going inward and kind of feeling out how we're going to manipulate the situation and what boundaries allows us to do is to let go of the manipulation, let go of the judgment. It lets go of the expectation and it allows us to unlearn what others' expectations have been. And it allows us to go inward and really learn about ourselves and what we want Mm -hmm. the holidays to look like. Sometimes that might mean no contact, but also that might that might mean that you're showing up in your full grace and your full aligned self, that things might actually not go the way that they've always gone. Um, you know, I gave a couple of examples before, but really when you show up in a different energy and you're able to be assertive and love yourself so much and know yourself so that things just kind of shift. And so experimenting with that and experimenting with assertiveness and also not not trying to change, like just seeing them for the human that they are in their own developmental stage that they're at and then accepting them for where they're at. Just part about boundaries that was really hard for me was acceptance 
because I was so in my judgment of others, of myself, of the expectation. And when I really was able to heal some of those core beliefs and just heal where, you know, how I'm showing up, I was able to then more easily be open to, to accepting them for where they're at in their developmental stage. And I'm not saying that I don't get triggered. I'm not saying those things don't continue to happen, but I am able to take a breath to center and be like, no, this is, this is actually what I want, or this is actually what I need. And if, if my needs aren't being met, then I have choices to make. I can go and sit somewhere else at the table. I can go and interact with somebody else and not let whatever's happening over here affect me, or I can actually leave right after I voiced my needs and if they're not being met. So there's so many choices. And I think we're all stuck in this. I, at least I was, I was stuck in the story. Like this is the way it is and how it has to be because these are the expectations. And when you learn that there are so many other different types of choices, there is true freedom yeah. in that. And the the piece about you can't change anybody else is a lesson I have been, you know, has been brought to me in many ways. <laughs> But it, it always amazes yeah. me that when I'm able to hold a different vibration, when I'm able to be in my center, when I'm able to be serene, because I know who I am and I already, you know, the boundaries are in place and I can take that breath when I need to or leave if I need to. Being that person in that gathering does have an effect on everybody else. It's that ripple effect. Mm -hmm. And that's something I've been getting a lot of ripple effect messages about lately. So even though you, you're not changing anybody, you're not going in there with the intention of changing everybody, you holding a higher vibration, you holding a more serene place for yourself does have an impact on everybody around you. Now, they may not react well to that. <laughs> they may decide to try to poke you, but you are you are impacting them. and. That to me is a gift. All it it is. It really is. All it takes is one adult to be fully regulated and grounded, and it ripples out. I've seen it in in mm. Waldorf schools. Right, the teacher rings a bell. There's there were like twenty little kids, like kindergartners, right, five year olds in playtime. The teacher rang the bell and whispered a song and all the kids put away their toys and then went into a circle. And, and this is what the Waldorf teachers understand on a psychological, from a psychological standpoint is all she's doing is holding herself and groundedness and she's absolutely regulated. And that then trickles out to mm -hmm. everybody else in the room. And I mean, it's scientifically yeah. backed, right? And so it's really incredible to kind of experiment with that and kind of see how how that trickles out to the rest of um, yeah. the people that are yeah. around you. Just uh, holding that space, because it, it, it disrupts the, the jaggedness, you know? So it's really, I find it fascinating to kind of watch if I walk into a new space and I'm doing it, if I'm doing it on purpose, you know, it's, and, and just kind of watch and see how people are around me. Cause I love to people watch 
And, and you can, you can see that it has an effect on people. Things the the noise in the room might get a little quieter or people might be more relaxed. They may settle in better instead of, you know, face to face like this or something. And it's, it's really fascinating to get that, that sort of validation that you can help calm things, not in a, not in a, I'm going yeah. in there to things way, but just by the space for yourself. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Cause once you do that, right. then it yeah, doesn't that's work. too aggressive. <laughs> I'm pushing. I want you, I'm trying to change you versus I'm changing. Yeah, me. exactly. And look at the lovely ripples that, yep. that do go out. And, and I experienced that with my mom towards the end of her life where I finally was able to forgive her and forgive myself. And she didn't, I mean, she was beyond changing because she had dementia and cancer and, you know, she was at the, at the very end of her life. And I saw such a softness come over her once I stopped being so defensive. Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause there's no longer right. any expectations. Right. And so kind of, they're kind of disarmed. It's really interesting because I always tell clients that the key is to fill yourself up with so much of your own energy there's no room for anybody else's because what happens when you enter a room, you're immediately that energy. So if the room is really low and you're up here, you're coming back down um, to, to meet that energy. But if you stay in your own energy and your groundedness, people can't help but come and yeah. try to meet you. And so that's, that's what happens. I remember when I was in Toastmasters a few years back, that was one of the key things that they taught you. Like when you come on stage, you're grounded and you just, you're just there. Right. And what happens is like, people start to be quiet and there's this attention that comes and then you're able to like, take a breath and start, start speaking. I didn't know what they were actually doing, but I would try mm. and it's like, wow, this is incredible. And then later on in my spirituality is like, oh, they were yeah. grounding the space and everybody's matching that energy, yeah. which huh. is really interesting. interesting. All right. I think this is a really timely conversation <laughs> and I've learned a lot about boundaries, which is really helpful. Things I kind of intuitively got, but now I can, I can have the language to talk about them. And that's a lot of what I, I yeah. desire in this work that I do. I am so intuitive that I love to learn the language around it so that I can then, you know, be a little more uh, specific with people about things. All right. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you for a book recommendation. What do you, what, what is your must read book of the moment? <laughs> yeah. So the one that just came to mind, let me look up the author. It's called the time of the Jaguar. And it was, it was written by Arkan Lushwala. And it is such an incredible book. It was so timely back in 2020. It was in the early 2000s, late 1900s, but it was so timely for 2020 because he really does talk about how we're going back into our indigenous ways. And there's something very magical that happens around chapter seven, where he, when he talks about the meaning of the Jaguar and how that's integrated into our life cycles. And for me, some true magic have that each time I read that book, I tend to read that book every other year and I highly okay, recommend cool. it. Cool. I have not heard of that one. So mm. thank you. I'm, I'm actually putting together a list for all my 2023 guests 
a reading list that, you know, all the books that have been recommended. So I'll be sending that out to my, my mailing list and posting it in places towards the end of day of uh, probably in January. That's it. I have it all in. So that, that will go on my list for sure. And I'll have to check that out. So many books I want to read. I hear you. (laughs) All right. Well, I want to really, I thank you so much for coming on and for mention, for bringing up this particular topic at this time, because it, it really is powerful. If you can begin right now, it's today is what October 10th. So this will come out in a couple of weeks, but we're just going to let this energy already from our conversation, just spread out to whoever needs this preparation for the holidays, but it's also just great in your day-to-day life. Um, It can make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. So I want to thank Jassy, obviously. And okay. I got the wrong one there. This is why I love being able to edit. That's okay. (laughs) Well, one thing, and you know, anybody is this week, but you can get the recordings on my website and start from, from week one. And I really go through different definitions of boundaries, definitions of boundaries and, and learn yeah. how to make well, and, them. And if they have access to the recordings after, it, it might be handy to have it. <laughs> if you're traveling at Christmas time or Thanksgiving, go, this is the session I need to hear about. You know, <laughs> Let me get a little refresher yes, here. <laughs> exactly. And there's, yes. And there's, a ton of worksheets as well that just gives you the definitions. There's also a digital journal, like I mentioned, that allows you to kind of work through it as well. So a lot of reference points that you can have as as reminders. So tell the listeners where they can find you. Yes, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is Vortex. You can also find me on my website, www.krista.com dash luna.com. You can also find me on Facebook, same handle, Crystal Luna Vortex and, and on YouTube. So I have a sacred arts channel where I interview a variety of different practitioners, including Lauren, the practical to the sacred, really, really incredible uh, that come on about their experiences and, and share stories. you have a past that goes along with that too. Yes, we do have two se- two seasons past. I don't think we're going to third season, but it is still out there. It's called Beyond Meditation Podcast. I have a co-host named Anna. We interviewed some incredible people, <laughs> including Lauren. Uh, you know, when we were starting off on a spiritual journey, we just wanted to share with people, learning who we were talking to, and so sharing a, a lot of different yeah. people there. So all of those links will be in the show. You can find them there. And I just want to thank Jassy again for being here with us because this has been fun to be able to be the questioner for a change. <laughs> Pick your brain. And I want to thank the listeners so much for being here today with us on Curiously Wise. This conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around you and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps others find us. If you're curious to learn more about me and my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Wittig, inviting you to stay curious. Thank you so much for joining us today on Curiously Wise. 
I hope this conversation has left you feeling inspired and curious about the world around and within you. After all, curiosity is the key to growth and understanding. So keep asking questions and exploring new ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and or leaving a review. It helps us be found by others. If you're curious to learn more about me or my healing practice, Heartlight Wellness, head over to my website at heartlightjoy.com. Until next time, I'm Lauren Whitting. Stay curious.